0: This is the Music Therapy Chronicles podcast interview with Mata Collard.
1: I just decided to go for this, you know, music therapy school-based position that I had saw uh, that I had seen posted online, and again had not too high of expectations. I knew it was something I was very interested in, and. It would be like a total dream job for me to go for, but I had no clue. um, I had no clue what the extent of the interview process would be. I'd never changed jobs prior to that since I was an internship and then um, working at my internship site as my first job. So it was a big, uh, scary leap of faith and I'm grateful for everybody all around who was really supportive of it, you know, because leaving leaving clients and, and terminating because you decide to leave brings on a whole nother set of feelings that I just didn't feel like I was prepared for as the music therapist coming out of undergrad. So I really had to navigate that. I felt like I was transported back into high school and back into applying for internships because I was doing all of this self-discovery and lots of journaling and reflecting and, you know, facing those, like, natural feelings of guilt for leaving a job that was so good to you, but then also being true and honest to yourself about, uh, you know, going for your own passions and and just daring to do something new, you know. So it was quite the leap of faith, and I'm now grateful to be doing this new thing with a new set of people and new set of clients.
0: You're listening to the Music Therapy Chronicles, a podcast about music therapy from a variety of perspectives. Our ambition is to inspire and connect listeners through meaningful conversations, just like a music therapy conference you can listen to anywhere. My name is Trisha Coyote, and I am a board-certified music therapist from the New England region. If you like what you hear, join our group on Facebook and share your own insights and thoughts about the episodes. You can also connect with us on social media and online at Music Therapy Chronicles. Welcome back to the Music Therapy Chronicles. Today's interview with Mada is such a good one. If you haven't found Mada on um, the social media yet, she is Music Therapy Mada on all the socials. And she's doing an awesome job of just sharing her journey and her experiences as a music therapist. Um, I think... We, the two of us talk a lot about uh, social media and our consumption of social media and its ability to provide us with um, connections with other individuals, but I think, you know, a lot of the people we follow online who, like, that's their job or they're very present online, um, yeah, we can connect with a lot of their story, but it's different than connecting with Another music therapist. <laughs> Does that make sense? So to have someone um, putting out content that is a music therapist, and you can relate to their story in that way, and relate to the nuances of their their journey and other ways too, and how they intertwine uh, with the profession of being a music therapist is really cool. So um, we talk about that today. We also talk about. Um, Mada's experiences with internship and jobs and moving jobs and termination of care uh, because of changing jobs. And we just have a really great conversation about that and navigating it and uh, remembering that we're all just doing our best and that's what's important. So I hope that you are feeling inspired and motivated after listening to this conversation. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please let us know by leaving um, a review or by commenting on social media. We're at Music Therapy Chronicles on all the platforms. And you can also join our group on Facebook where you're welcome to start or join a conversation about any of the episodes or topics. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. And if you are interested in getting continuing education credits for listening to the show, um, you can find podcast CMTE opportunities over at mtpodcastcollective.com. That's mtpodcastcollective.com. We have lots of different podcast CMTE opportunities over there. Uh, it's a great way to support the show, and it's an easy and accessible way to get CMTEs for um, you know listening to the show, which you probably do frequently anyway. So yeah, check that out if you haven't heard about MTPC before. There's a whole episode on it where Kate Shannon and I dive into this platform we've created, and you can find that. I believe it's episode 88. But for now, let's get into this conversation with Mada. Mada. Welcome to the Music Therapy Chronicles, Mata. Hey! It's so great to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course! Thank you for making the time to be on the show and also being a supporter and a listener of the Chronicles. Um, That's always awesome to have a guest who has listened to the show before. Yeah, for sure. So to start us off, um, what do you want to tell the listeners about yourself? It can be music therapy related, or it can be outside of music therapy. Yeah.
1: Um, So I guess I'll start off um, talking a little bit about maybe um, where I'm currently working in music therapy. Um, So right now I'm doing school-based music therapy full-time. I work for a Um, School system or a school township. And so um, I'm in multiple districts serving um, children about K or pre K up through high school and um, transitioning out of high school. So I really enjoy working with um, children, uh, individuals with developmental disabilities, and uh, ranging abilities. But prior to this job, I came from private practice. And um, so with, you know, private practice, I was doing um, client-based music therapy in the clinic setting. And then, you know, I would also drive out into the community and see various groups. I would go to people's homes. I would go to group homes. It was a super cool um, setup, and I really appreciate the experience that I got from working in private practice. Um, Let's see... Outside of music therapy, um, I'm a wife, I'm a mom-to-be, I really enjoy watching Survivor, probably watch way too much Survivor, and I feel like Survivor is one of those things that I found very in common amongst other music therapists, especially during the pandemic, Mm
0: -hmm. posting
1: about it on social media and like Instagram and stuff. It's just funny to see how many music therapists are like, oh my gosh, I love Survivor. So that's been kind of a fun thing. Um, Yeah, and I also in my free time enjoy um, making YouTube videos. It's been something, a hobby that kind of picked up right when the pandemic hit hard in the U.S. um, last March. I felt like I really needed a new hobby to kind of invest in, partially take my mind off of things and like ease some anxiety. And then also it was one of those moments where I just thought like, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to like create some sort of digital resource and also um, capture digital memories like for myself and for my own family with my husband and I. And it just felt like, well, what better time than to start now? So I just started uploading um, a couple YouTube videos. It's still very much so in the works, but that's been something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and that definitely brings me a
0: lot of joy. Oh, I love that. Um, Cool. So where to start I guess okay so we'll we'll go we'll go way back how did you get into music therapy and like what has your journey been to you know into the private practice out of the private practice into this school-based setting tell us all about that yeah yeah so
1: um I grew up around the Chicagoland area I ended up um going to college at Alverno College, which is in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a all women's like Catholic based college there. Liberal Arts College, super cool. I really enjoyed it there. Um, But so let's see how I found music therapy. I, I was taking I think it was a prep ACT mm. test. I'm not sure if it was like the real like the real deal or if it was a practice one. But basically towards the end of the ACT, it had like this occupational compatibility test which I was surprised about. I think I had heard a teacher in high school, um, like mention it or something. Mm. But, um, so yeah, I ended up getting to the end of the test at that point. I knew I, that I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, by the time that, you know, I had gone into college. And so I was trying to be really open-minded. I knew that I was really passionate about music and being a musician of some sort. I grew up singing lots of choral music, different ensembles, you know, like church ensembles, and then um, doing, you know, like these random, these random gigs or like random ensembles outside of you know, those typical settings like in-school choir and church and things. And then I also played a lot in orchestra and symphonic band. I grew up playing oboe. And so I really loved that um, camaraderie of being a part of an ensemble. And so I thought, you know, I definitely want to keep going with music. But I also had a huge pull to go into maybe, like, psychology, different Mm -hmm. types of therapies for a while, thinking physical therapy or speech therapy, Um, yeah, just, I kind of felt pulled in different directions, and like a lot of music therapists say, I love music, and I wanted to help people. So, towards the end of this ACT test, I got to that occupational compatibility section, and I thought, okay, I need to try and push to the side the fact that I really want to pursue music and I just need to answer all of these questions super honestly, like what makes me happy, you know, among the spectrum of like all the questions they had asked with these occupations, you know. So then at the end, um, a couple weeks later, I get a slip saying that I should go to my high school's college and career center to figure out what the results were from my ACT and that compatibility test. And so a lot of, you know, music careers came up. It was like musician, um, freelancer, music educator, um, just everything. And then the therapy started going down and it was like physical therapy, all this stuff. And at the end, it listed music therapy. And I was so shocked because I'd never heard of music therapy before. Didn't know it was a thing. Um And it was the only career listed on my sheet that didn't have any description. Mm. So it really, I think that actually got me the most i i kind of wonder to this day if it had all of the credentials listed and all of the description and information listed maybe i wouldn't have had that curiosity to pursue it yeah. so anyways it was just kind of blank i didn't know about it i asked the attendant working in the college and career center like this came up but it it doesn't have any information about it like what do you recommend I do like is that normal and she said well you know there's a lot of different results that come up for everybody so maybe just take it home and start investigating some stuff or she said or maybe just like look at the top ones because that might be what's most of interest Mm -hmm. to you so that curiosity got me and I went home and I started you know, researching about music therapy, I started talking to my mom about it. And um, she was really concerned about me going into um, a music career that didn't feel like best fit me, you know, and my mom and I are very close. So she, I feel like she had a really good read of what my personality was. And what some of my end like lifelong goals were at that time even if I didn't fully know them myself you know and so she was like well maybe you should you know do some research about music therapy I was like okay well I guess that means go up to the computer on a Sunday night at midnight and (laughs) try to email a music therapist near me to see if it's a thing because like If there's a music therapist who works by you, it must be a real thing then, right? So anyways, long story short, um, I ended up connecting with a music therapist in the area. She offered to meet up with me at a bakery and just tell me a lot about AMTA, the different organizations in music therapy. She talked a lot about credentials and what she would recommend in schooling, which I really appreciated because... My school didn't have much to offer in terms of what music therapy would look like or what my education would look like as a student wanting to become a music therapist. And so I had those very common ideas of, well, maybe I can double major in music and psych, or maybe I can, you know, double major in music and like. Um, you know, become an LPC and like maybe that together makes music therapy, you know? So she talked to me a lot about the importance of going to um, a school that has an accredited music therapy program. And she talked a lot about internships and how diverse those experiences are, as well as different populations you can work in as a music therapist. So I felt like I had a really good Um, I I feel like I had a really good overall concept of what music therapy is and what I needed to do in order to eventually get there. Mm. And I really appreciate that because not everyone has that and not everyone finds music therapy, the career so early on in their lifetime. And so I'm really grateful that I was able to go straight from high school into a music therapy program, graduate, become board certified. And it was quite a smooth process.
0: Yeah. um, I love that you you chose the career with no explanation at the bottom of your list to look into. I think that's awesome. And as you were talking, it made me think we should have a a survey like that or a, a test like that for new music therapists to help them choose which population they would best work with because I'm one of those people who I've never been specifically drawn towards anything I kind of um, you know do do whatever enjoy the challenges and like yeah um yeah, I don't know that just popped into my head while while you were saying that but I love that you were able to connect with someone and they made the path very clear to you and you felt called to that such um, it's beautiful. It's awesome when people have a story like that where, Music mm-hmm. therapy kind of just came into their life and not only was it the right fit, but it felt good throughout the process.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I know a lot of, um you know, a, a lot of times at the beginning of my college career in undergrad, they would talk about like administration and different professors would talk to freshmen and sophomores about how um when you know you're starting off at your college or or university or at your program that you'll probably switch your major quite a few times Mm. and so I had this I had like these outside external forces telling me that I would probably switch my major but it's like I had like a laser focus for music therapy like all of a sudden I had heard of this thing And it just clicked and I just knew that I was gonna be a music therapist. I didn't know what life as a music therapist would look like after my program, but I just knew I loved the music aspect. I loved the therapy aspect. I loved what I was learning and all of a sudden this passion for music was growing way more into a passion for music therapy and helping individuals and learning about them and connecting with them. And so it was just so cool. And I felt like it was a very special thing and a a unique thing to have. Um, But I'm also really, you know, I'm really encouraged by individuals who don't have um, maybe as much of like a quote-unquote linear path to music therapy and they find it later on in their lifetime or it takes a couple shifts in their major in order to figure out that music therapy is their calling and so I don't know I just love hearing about everybody's path to music therapy I think it's really cool and unique
0: yeah agreed um and I think being able to hear those journeys helps paint the picture of like, why each of us have a different take on what we do and um yeah there's just so many layers because our Mm -hmm. our scope of practice is so broad and our training is broad and the theoretical frameworks Mm -hmm. are broad i feel like um yeah it to get a whole picture of any music therapist sharing their experience or their expertise like it takes it takes a lot to get to how that that came to be Yeah, yeah for sure so you said you you know when I was going into this, I had laser focus. I didn't know what life as a music therapist would look like. So you've now you've worked in a variety of settings. Um, mm-hmm. What did those look like, and you know what was the transition like for you? Maybe what led to that? Why did you decide to to pursue a different setting?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you know after um, after undergrad, I had a music therapy internship site lined up, ready to go. Um, I was really pumped about it. Unfortunately, it fell through. And at the time, I was just so frazzled. You know, you come off of this high of graduation or, Mm. you know, depending on your program, some people are able to walk in graduation, some people Um, you know, have to wait until after their internship. In in my situation, I was able to walk in graduation. So I felt that, I felt a big part of closure in terms of finishing college at Alverno College. Because I walked in graduation, I had those like final moments with my friends and my cohort, and we were all getting ready to go separate ways to start our internships. And as you know, the, the internship interview process is quite extensive. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like going for a job interview and thrown into it. There's a lot of self-discovery that I feel like students have to do in order to figure out like, okay, where, where do I want to travel to next? Like, do I want to stay local or am I willing to like, jump ship and like totally start new in a different city or in a different state or something and like what kind of support do they have what kind of um, financial support do you have in order to um, make your internship experience as as positive and and fulfilling and prepared as you can be right so there's a lot of this like self-discovery that happens as a student and then you know you have to click well with the internship director or your internship site as a whole and and they've got to click well with you so it feels like all of these moving parts kind of swirling together and then we all end up in in a place right and so i felt very confident of okay i you know applied to my internships pretty early Um, I was doing that self-discovery I felt like I knew where I wanted to go and literally out of everybody's control out of all the parties involved it just fell through and I was so shocked again I was just thinking man I don't think I've ever heard of this happening to anybody else like kind of looking around like who else who else is with me in this boat you know I'm, sh- mm. I'm sure it has happened um, to other people as well but I just decided that I wanted to keep going on the path that I was going in that soon enough if if I tried hard enough and if I was patient that something else would come my way Right. So then I ended up doing an internship in the Milwaukee area, Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. And my clinical director there, the internship team there, my professor at my college were all incredibly supportive. They all pulled together immensely to make this work for me and um, to really give me this awesome experience. So I'm really so grateful for all of the work that they did on their ends in order to make that work because, you know, as much as you as you try and you push as a student, like there's so many moving pieces, and so it really takes this collective effort in order for everything to work out. Um, yeah, in order for everything to work out. So I just really appreciate all the. The work that went into that from their part. So it was different than the original internship I had um, picked to be a part of and so I it really forced me and encouraged me to be more open-minded. I was working with a geriatric population. I was doing geriatric groups at nursing homes and um working in hospice care as well. Those were populations that I didn't anticipate working with at first. I thought, I just want to work with kids and hone in and develop those skills. But I'm so glad that I had that experience because it unlocked a part of me that I didn't know I had like this soft spot for. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know that I would become so passionate about working with the geriatric population. And those skills that I developed working with those individuals, very much so carry out and trickle into the populations that I work with today, even if they're different. You know, those skills are very much transferable and can be similar in, in different ways. So I worked with geriatrics. I also worked with aging adults, um, young adults. I had a couple of school contracts and then I worked in a clinic setting one-on-one with students, um, not students, clients, yes. So it was really cool, a really great experience. Um, internship definitely pushed me a lot. Mm. Uh, I felt like I was developing skills at lightning speed, like I thought that college would move quickly and practicum would move quickly, but holy smokes, um, internship moved super fast and it just felt like every week you were learning new things, you were trying new things, you were implementing new things. Wow, it was a lot, but I'm super grateful for that, so the two school contracts that I had there really, um, really opened my eyes to how passionate I was about working in a school setting. Mm-hmm. And I had never really anticipated working with um, school age children and just being in that situation as a whole. But once I had those two school contracts, I quickly realized wow. I wish I was doing this all day, every day, you know? Mm -hmm. I really could see myself being, like, in one school full-time or being in a couple schools full-time and that taking up my entire caseload. So as the, you know, as the pandemic hit and I was, you know, contemplating and reflecting on my long-term goals where my husband and I saw ourselves and just... You know the things that we wanted to do together as a couple and as a family, and me as a music therapist. I just decided to go for this, you know, music therapy school-based position that I had saw, uh, that I had seen posted online. And again, had not too high of expectations. I knew it was something I was very interested in, and it would be like a total dream job for me to go for, but I had no clue. Um, I had no clue what the extent of the interview process would be. I'd never changed jobs prior to that since I was an internship and then um, working at my internship site as my first job. So it was a big, uh, scary leap of faith and I'm grateful for everybody all around who was really supportive of it, you know, because leaving leaving clients and, and terminating because you decide to leave brings on a whole nother set of feelings that I just didn't feel like I was prepared for as a the music therapist coming out of undergrad. So I really had to navigate that. I felt like I was transported back into high school and back into applying for internships because I was doing all of this self-discovery and lots of journaling and reflecting and you know facing those like natural feelings of guilt for leaving a job that was so good to you but then also being true and honest to yourself about um you know going for your own passions and and just daring to do something new, you know. So it was quite the leap of faith, and I'm now grateful to be doing this new thing with a
0: new set of people and new set of clients. Wow. You do such a great job of um, I like I hear I hear your story and I relate to so much of it, and it's just it brings the emotions I felt. Um, you know applying for internships like it, it brings that up for mm-hmm. me and like oh for you, you you students out there you interns out there like oh soak it up <laughs> soak yeah. it up so much yeah. um but i wanna i wanna pin uh terminate termination of care because you are changing positions or you are leaving mm-hmm. for anyone who is experiencing that right now do you have like a piece of advice you just really want them to know. You know, I was
1: thinking about this earlier. I feel like I was thinking about this in the shower. I don't know. Does anyone do their best like music therapy <laughs> thinking or thinking in general in the shower? Cause that definitely happens for me. So I was thinking about this earlier this week and Uh, you know just reflecting and pondering about um, termination in general but I think I would tell anybody right now that we're all just doing our best Mm. and it sounds cliche but as um, you know as I went through you know termination when I finished my internship and I started my job. You know, I didn't keep all of the groups and and um, I didn't get to continue to work with all of the clients that were originally on my shared caseload when I was an intern, right? And so there was a little bit of termination at that point. And then there was this big sense of termination when I left my position there and and not every termination aspect went as planned Mm -hmm. and I felt this huge weight on my shoulders at first but then I also had to consider like what all was going on first of all, it was in the middle of a pandemic. So I'm sure as everyone else has experienced some groups and um, clients that were being seen, their uh, their session schedule ended abruptly Mm. for safety, you know? And so I didn't have that Um, ability to you know facilitate a termination session because of the worldly circumstances and because of safety you know and so I think it also um, moments like that can encourage us as music therapists a to think outside the box like how can I how can I facilitate termination in other ways you know is it a phone call with family is it you know, sending a letter in the mail if you have their contact information and, and using business materials or, um, yeah, materials from your business in order to send a professional letter or to, you know, just facilitate that closure, some sort of closure in that way. You know, is it a stopping by the office to see each other from a distance? I think, that aspect causes us to think outside of the box. And then also there was that acceptance of I didn't get to have that termination session with all of my groups and individuals that I was seeing. And it just is what it is. And also reflecting on how much of that termination was for the clients as it was for me Mm. as an individual you know how much did they need and benefit from that closure and how much was I yearning for it myself you know and in music therapy like the clients come first you know our clients come first always we're always interested and respectful of their needs and what they're going through, and how we can help them achieve those goals, right? But as humans, we have our emo- our own emotions and our own expectations or failed expectations, mm-hmm. sometimes intertwining and, you know, going around the whole situation. So in in that aspect, I thought it was really important that I take many steps back and check in with myself. For me that looked like journaling because I could do it in, you know, a HIPAA compliant way without writing down names and and I had it in my own space and it didn't necessarily require me to come out and talk to anybody about everything that I was feeling, but it also helped me organize what I was experiencing. And so that really helped me navigate that. So I just did the best that I could do. I knew that all of my coworkers were doing the absolute best that they could do. And that music therapists all around are also doing just the best that they can do. So mm-hmm. that's what I would recommend.
0: Yeah. Oh, such good advice. I was thinking as you were speaking about... um in my undergrad experience, and I know every every university does it a little differently, but in my undergrad experience, we cycled through clinical practicum placements every semester. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, the locations you were in or that I was in, the clients were very used to having new students come and go. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the supervisor was generally consistent so so that that termination in quotes during college was kind of just like oh they knew christmas is coming so these students are going to be leaving and like you kind of give them a couple weeks notice and like Mm -hmm. it's just how it works but in in the real world per se uh yeah it can be so much more intense and then compound that with a global pandemic no consistency in scheduling or you know being able to expect anything for the future. Um, yeah. Yeah. Doing the best you can. Like that that's all you can do. Um, yeah. And I think that's one of those things that because of the way college is set up, they can't really prepare you for it, for like a real mm-hmm. termination experience.
1: Right. It, it just really does look so different. It's not a black and white experience. Um, I think too – we we don't know how we're going to feel until we get there, right? Mm, well said. And it it was similar to, I, I really resonated what you said about, you know, you're, you're moving through as much of the music therapy treatment process as you can when you're going through different practicum um, sites and experiences. But, you know, the, for a majority, the clients are already there. They already have some sort of a treatment plan. So, typically, it does, you know, you don't experience, like, the fullness of the music therapy treatment plan until, I believe, really until you're flying solo Mm. on your own, you know? And so, we don't realize how much of that underlying preparation for termination happens by, you know, the supervising music therapist who's kind of helping us navigate through you know
0: yeah yeah totally Hmm. all right I want to shift gears so we get to it unless there's anything else you want to add before we transition yeah go for it um You have a YouTube channel, and I've said this to you, but the listeners don't know. I initially found your YouTube channel through a relaxation experience you had put up a while really? ago, but since you've you've been sharing your lived experiences on there, uh, your journey over the past year has had, like, many um, big life events, <laughs> and it's been cool <laughs> to see them in real time on YouTube, uh, so tell us about your channel and... Um, yeah, all that. Yeah. Okay, so I have to preface that my
1: YouTube channel is Itty Bitty, so it is very much still in the works, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's I'm treating my music therapy like resource, lifestyle type of YouTube channel as its own like separate corner little corner of my brain, you know. Um But yeah, so I have been a huge like YouTube connoisseur ever since I could remember probably around junior high. I discovered um, families that would vlog, which is a really funny term if you've never heard it before. It's kind of odd. But it's essentially a video blog. And so they just kind of crammed it together. And the term... Vlog was coined, right? So, over the years, since I think about maybe like 2007 or so, vlogs and just lifestyle channels and things of that sort have become more popular on YouTube. And personally, that is what I consume in terms of social media content. It's a big part of what I consume. And So after a lot of years of watching those types of videos, I have really fallen in love with like the editing process and the idea of capturing family memories and, you know, professional development and, you know, personal progress, all kind of like wrapped up into this one, you know, mega project, which is like a YouTube channel, right? Mm -hmm. doesn't have like a distinctive end to it. It doesn't have, um, I just, I don't feel confined when I'm working on my YouTube channel. I feel like I can upload a, you know, wide range of videos and that I, I literally don't care about what Uh, genre or what category or or what each, you know, thing focuses on because it just gives me the opportunity to work on one thing at a time in a very relaxed and, I guess, person-centered to me Mm -hmm. um, approach, which is, I've realized, has become really therapeutic for me. So, like I said earlier, I started the YouTube channel after thinking about it and talking to my husband about it for a long time I just decided to start it when the pandemic started I created a video I think it's called like how I became a music therapist or how I found music therapy but it was like a doodly style video um, where I did a Um, I did a voiceover, you know, kind of telling my personal story of of how I became a music therapist and how I became board certified and all of that. And the editing took so long, so long, like, I think I've, I probably spent 10 hours, um, you know, editing the entire video in, in small increments, but... It like unlocked something for me. I had like this spark in my eye and I had so much joy doing it. I would run over to my husband and say like, obviously music, the background music is so important to me. Like it's got to capture the vibe and the feeling like I need your help with this, you know. And so I commonly go to him with (laughs) his advice and and just any feedback he has for things but it's been really fun and I look forward to continuing to use that as a um, self-care opportunity and Mm. as a creative outlet as much as it feels fun and exciting to me
0: yeah I love that so much um it seems like a a more common theme and I don't know if this is because of the pandemic or if just because in culture in general there's be there's this more emphasis on creativity now um, mm-hmm. but it seems like more people are like I'm just trying this thing you know just for fun and to have a creative outlet and to be in a creative field and have a creative outlet that's similar but separate is, is really nice. And I love what you said that you're like, it's a corner of my brain, not putting a lot of pressure on it. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Wonderful. Is there anything else you want to dive into before we do the rapid fire questions?
1: I think, I think that pretty much sums it up so far.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. So the first question is coffee or tea? Definitely tea. Love a good cup of tea. (laughs) I think there have been a couple times in this conversation where we've both just kind of been sitting holding our tea and like. (laughs) Yes, right. Yeah, absolutely. I find that since working from home, uh, I drink way more tea which like is both good and bad. <laughs> because I just, you know, I'm at home. I, I like to have a warm drink while I'm doing my sessions and mm-hmm. tea is my drink of choice. So, yeah, same <laughs> same. <laughs> all right, early bird or night
1: owl? Definitely early bird. Early bird all the way. I love getting up early in the morning. Um right now I've just at home it's just my husband and I so it's not like we have uh, any kids running around yet but it feels so good to um, get up early that's also when I start watching like my YouTube channel my YouTube videos not my YouTube channel excuse me (laughs) I start watching a couple of YouTube channels to kind of like spark some creativity for the day I normally read some scriptures um, and Sometimes do journaling, but I honestly just enjoy like the 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 mundane tasks of like cleaning up the kitchen, making lunch for the day, getting ready to go, um, getting my things, my supplies organized, stuff like that feels way more enjoyable personally when I'm not rushing, mm-hmm. you know, and when I have like time to put on music and just enjoy myself.
0: Yeah. Do you have any um, YouTube channels that inspire you in the morning that you want to recommend? Um,
1: yeah, I guess I have a couple. So um, they're mostly vloggers, but I really enjoy um, watching Michelle Reed. She is... Um, She lives in Texas, and um, she's a vlogger kind of around my age. She's also married, so I feel like I can connect with her oddly on that, even though I don't know her. Um, I really enjoy um, Bonnie Holine. She is a daily vlogger out of Utah, I believe, and she uploads a video like Every single day at 8 a.m., wow. which is wild to me. It's so wild. But it's just also interesting to, like, I don't know, keep up with them as a family and connect with them and also just, like, watch their own family progression. I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. Maybe that's what brought me to music therapy, like, my interest in just... um Being engaged in other people's stories. And Mm. so I guess maybe that's a connection there. I really enjoy getting to see other people's stories and getting to hear them. So, yeah. But besides that, I love podcasts. If it's not a YouTube video, I'm listening to a podcast. Once again, hearing about other people's stories.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like dig at you, but do you have any podcasts you want to recommend? Yeah, well, um, I started listening to M.T.
1: Mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, that one has been really wonderful. Um, I have listened to Guitars and Granola Bars by Rachel Ramback in the past. Um, I have listened to Music Therapy Chronicles. So, <laughs> so this one's always a good time. Um, and let's see oh the last one is mint arrow messages um i listened to her podcast on monday and it's like a nice ritual that i have cool so, yeah And just you. just different you know different uh types of media going on
0: yeah well it's awesome to be in this digital age and to be able to follow along with other people's journeys and since there are so many creators sharing you can find what you connect with uh, i often yeah. think about how like reality tv like is still a big thing but if you think back like 10 20 years and reality tv and what we were watching on reality tv and now you can see reality tv on youtube that's an actual person who films and edits themselves so it's not just okay. like what an editor or a director is making someone's life seem to be, it's what their actual life is. And um, Mm -hmm. there's more of a variety of what you can see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of times people talk about, um, especially older individuals will talk about how negative social media can be and how just honestly, how cutthroat the internet can be, right? (laughs) it can turn like really intense real fast. But I also really see the value in social media. And I see such value in the internet, the ability to be creative. And like, just, you know, the ebbs and flows of social media are also great. Like, it's just so cool to see a huge wave of music therapists getting really involved in podcasting and collectively kind of experiencing this thing together, you know, and like having some people pave the way and others follow and then, you know, who knows who's going to discover what next and find that new niche for us music therapists to kind of invest in. So I think it's really cool and it can be a really supportive place if we make it that way.
0: Yes, I need a bumper sticker that says that. Not just for social media, but in general. It can be a really supportive place if we make it that way. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) Yes, love that. Words to live by. All right. um, Something you would tell your younger self. Um, Hmm...
1: You know, I think I would tell myself that you, that you don't need to know exactly where you're going because you don't know the full story yet. And I feel like that wraps up that amidst what we talked about with termination, what we talked about with you know my kind of wobbly uncertain situation with that that one internship that happened to fall through not because of anybody's fault or or anything you know and even just like the bumps that came along the way you know figuring out music therapy in undergrad and and the the tough spots of it that I I didn't even anticipate would be hard for me you know mm. i just think that we can't, excuse me, we can't judge ourselves so harshly because we have no clue where we're going next and we don't even, we can't even comprehend like the full context of what our story is going to be. So I feel like when we, when we recognize that it takes a little bit of pressure off and it le- lets us, um, you know, make choices for ourselves in in a bit of a more free manner and Just kind of go with things that fill your cup, make you feel creative, make you feel fulfilled, and um, make you feel like you're serving a purpose, you know?
0: Mm, I love that. Your music therapy elevator speech. Ooh.
1: (laughs) This is always the question. Okay. Um, Okay. So I would say that music therapy is the use of specifically prescribed interventions in order to help individuals achieve non-musical therapeutic goals. Hmm. And I think I would cut it off there and just give them a second to ponder because before I would definitely keep jumping at someone with more information to make sure that they know that music therapy is, uh, you know, a valuable and a, and a valid um, field of practice. But again, I think it's important to just give space and let them develop their own curiosity so that way they can come back to you with, you know, more questions to follow up.
0: Maybe that's why there was no explanation on your career test like don't put an explanation on music therapy let people be curious
1: yes yes let it find them
0: right Mm, too funny your favorite self-care practice um
1: right now I think it's taking warm baths or Mm -hmm. taking a hot shower um, and other than that it would be spending time with family or working on my YouTube channel.
0: Good, good for you. Your growing family, which I didn't want to interrupt you any of the times, yeah. you mentioned it before, but congratulations. Um Thank you. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yes, we're excited. Something that's currently adding value to your life. Hmm.
1: I would say probably um, journaling and a combination of journaling and just the uh, ability to, um, like, ponder, delve into, like, beliefs, Mm -hmm. a belief system. So personally, um, I believe in a higher power, you know, I believe in a heavenly father and especially during these uncertain times and situation where like we don't i don't fully understand what all is going on and i don't have all the right answers you know and i don't know the trajectory just about a bunch of things i find it very comforting and valuable to be able to take some time to step back and reflect in different ways whether it's mm-hmm. believing in a higher power or the universe or even just to put your thoughts on paper and journal a little bit.
0: Yeah. I also am a, an avid journaler.
1: Mhm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Your favorite intervention or song to use in a session.
1: Yes. Okay. Um, I think it was actually when I, um, you know, left my position at my prior job and moved to my school-based music therapy job. Speaking of termination, when, um, I was working through that process and it, it got down to like the last two sessions that I was going to have. Um, and I had, I was grateful that I had a lot of overlaps with the other therapists who would be taking over, um, and being able to continue the treatment process with those clients. So what I did was I created a um, piggyback song of "You've Got a Friend in Me" from Toy Story, mm. and I used um, PEX icons and like the pictures of all of us therapists as a way to make the lead sheet more visual, uh, visual friendly, and accessible to individuals who were not following along with lyrics, but whether rather following along with those pecs icons and pictures so you know we talked about singing and making music over facetime and zoom we talked about you know me leaving i said like miss mata has to go but blank therapist is there for you and I just thought that it was one of those moments where I truly let the music do the work.
0: Mm.
1: I truly just like stepped back. I let us all be in the in the musical therapeutic environment together and let the music do the work. And it was a really, I think it was a really great therapeutic experience for everybody involved.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love um, even that quote, let the music do the work. Mm. Love that. Oh, all right. So the last question is Where can the listeners find you and connect with you? Yeah. So
1: you could um, connect with me on Instagram. My handle is Music Therapy Mata, which is spelled M A R A. (laughs) Um, And then you can also find my YouTube channel, which is also Music Therapy
0: Mata. Awesome. I will have everything linked in the show notes so that the listeners can can find it and check out your content and um, follow along with your story thank you for for sharing your journey with all of us so that um we can feel inspired and motivated by your vlogs as well
1: awesome thanks so much for having me this was a good time
0: of course yeah i loved i loved being able to connect with you today so thank you for making the time to be on the show and have a great rest of your day yeah, you too. Thanks. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something. There's so many great reminders in there of just the... The human experience of being a music therapist and navigating things and remaining humble and trusting the process and the journey. Um, And I so appreciate reminders of those things. I think we all need them from time to time. If you are enjoying the show, please let us know by writing a review As always, follow us on social media at Music Therapy Chronicles. If you're interested in continuing education credits uh, based on listening to the show, you can check out mtpodcastcollective.com to find continuing education credits. Uh, We have four different podcast bundle opportunities over there based on this show, Music Therapy Chronicles, and also on the Creative Therapy Umbrella podcast, so... If you already listened to that show as well, CMTEs are there for you. Um, Oh, if you or someone you know is interested in being on the show, please let us know by sending an email to hello at musictherapychronicles.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Our quote is, we must accept the end of something in order to begin something new.